It's one of the biggest issues that we have in our society today, and that is the struggle with being uncomfortable. We are obsessed with being comfortable. We avoid conflict. We avoid um, hard conversations. We avoid having to wait for things. Sports is no longer just about the game itself. To be a success and to find fulfillment in the game, it takes more. The mental, relational, and cultural component has become more of a focus. An athlete has to be trained in a holistic manner to reach their potential. Training the Complete Athlete provides a wide variety of interviews, podcasts for coaches, parents, and athletes to gain insight to reach a higher level of performance. So we're going to do things a little bit differently today, and you guys know that I'm usually the interviewer and I have a guest, but today I wanted to talk about something different. Um, and it's something that I focus on a lot in my practice and even just trying to um, really bring this concept out because I think that we avoid it uh, like the plague. And it's probably one of the biggest issues that we have in our society today. And that is the struggle with being uncomfortable. And I can't speak for people in any other countries, but in the United States, we are obsessed with being comfortable. We avoid conflict. We avoid um, hard conversations. We avoid having to wait for things. You know, I always joke with my kids um, about what it was like to actually make a mixtape when we were growing up and how much time and effort. And now they can just go onto Spotify and instantaneously every song that they can imagine is at their fingertips. And then we wonder why they aren't patient in other aspects of their life. Well, we have created a society that doesn't let people be uncomfortable. Now, when I grew up, I grew up in a in a pretty blue-collar town, and both my parents were very hardworking people. And one of the things that always happened, uh, if I ever went to my mom with a minor heartache or illness or injury, she'd always say, well, let's give it three days. And at that time, I thought, man, mom, seriously, I'm like dying here. And she'd always say, let's give it three days. And then I came to realize that any minor injury, illness, or heartache feels better substantially in three days. And when I was growing up, I thought that my mom was just watching me suffer. But now I realize she was teaching me how to be okay with being uncomfortable and how to build strength by being uncomfortable for the, that period of time. Nowadays, I when I sit with people, so many of the problems that we struggle with is the fact that we can't be uncomfortable even for a few minutes. And so a lot of parents are trying to do everything they can to keep their kids from being uncomfortable. When the reality is, is that is reality. You know, I think about uh, when an athlete gets recruited and how they kind of get wine and dine, and they have this image of what it's going to be to go and play at a school. And then they get to that school, and it is not like the recruiting trip was. When I was growing up, I loved this movie called The Program. I watched it all the time. And my sister, who was not an athlete, never understood why I watched it all the time. And she finally said, what is it about this movie that you like so much? And I said, this is real sports. Because in the beginning, the big time running back gets, you know, everybody shows up, cheerleaders, the band, when he comes on his recruiting trip. And when he shows up as a freshman, nobody was there except uh, one of his teammates. And he had to go through the struggle of being a freshman and earning his way. But the thing is, is so often now when our kids struggle, we run away. 
I see it in the world of sports all the time. We switch teams. We jump into the transfer portal in, in college as soon as we can. No longer is it I'm going to be uncomfortable. I'm going to grow through this discomfort. I'm going to stay committed to my team. And I am going to figure this out. We run away because we don't like being uncomfortable. One of the other things that I see in so many facets, and this is from adults to kids, is we struggle taking ownership for our roles. Whether that be we don't like the role that we're in, whether it be a team, or we don't take ownership in our behavior that may hurt somebody else. I always would tell my athletes that if somebody on your team is brave enough to come forward and confront you in a, in a good way about something they're struggling with you, you should always respect that they were brave enough to do so and listen. Nowadays, it's usually our knee-jerk reaction to always get defensive. And I sit with so many young clients that I really try to teach them to communicate with their parents or their coaches or their teachers. And the first thing out of them is they're just going to get defensive. And isn't that a sad reality that as adults, we have created an environment that our kids do not want to come to us because we are not strong enough to be uncomfortable and take the feelings, even though we might not like them or it paints us in a bad light that our kids are coming to us with, to us with. I know in so many facets, I've, I've either worked for people or played for people that said, you know, the door is always open. And then when you're brave enough to walk through it, they come after you. Right. And that's a really hard reality to face because we want to be trusting. We want to reach out to those people. But in reality, those people can't be uncomfortable either, and they can't take criticism. I always think that criticism shows that people believe that you can improve on things, right? So if somebody was going to come to me and say, hey, I'm struggling with how you're uh, doing supervision with me, or even if my clients say, hey, I'm struggling with what you said to me, I take that as, hey, they trust me enough and our relationship is strong enough that they trust that they came to me with this conversation. So I had a professor that loved research and he always would sh share these little nuggets of facts all the time. And one of the things he would talk about all the time is the counselor client relationship. And he would say how valuable it is. And I have learned through my practice and, co and coaching and, and working with different programs that if I have a good relationship with the people I'm working with, any conflict can be dealt with. So I actually had a client early in my career that um, I had said something to, and I meant it in an encouraging way. I meant it as a way of saying, hey, you have all this strength. I was, and I was encouraging her to get out and, and, and start looking for a job. This client took it as I thought she was lazy and that she felt I didn't think she was working hard taking care of her home. And she was so brave to come to me and, and tell me about it. And I said to her quickly, I said, oh, my gosh, uh, that is not what I meant at all. I'm so glad you came to me. This is what I meant. I wanted you to, to see the strength you have in yourself. But I'm so glad you came and we could talk about it because I never want you to feel uncomfortable in session. And the reality is, and, and to all the research that my professor would say, that if you have a conflict with somebody and you have that conversation and you're open to it, the relationship is actually stronger than if you never had a conflict. But we're so afraid of being uncomfortable in conflict that we avoid it like the plague, right? 
And as children, it's hard to come to parents. As athletes, it's hard to come to coaches. As assistants, it's hard to come to coaches, to the head coach. There's so many relationships that people are terrified to communicate within because they don't want to be uncomfortable. I always wonder why we get so defensive. And really it comes to that we're not comfortable, that we're not perfect. Well, the reality is, is nobody is perfect. We only are given so many talents in our lifetime. And I always say, hey, you know what? It's best to know your weaknesses and own them, right? I know my weaknesses inside and out. I'm not going to try and act like I, they're my strengths. Even if I was on a job interview, I probably wouldn't lie to them and say it was a strength. And so how have I dealt with my weaknesses? I hire people to fulfill the roles that I'm not good at. I'm not good at details. I, you know, am horrible at paperwork. So I hire people that are great at them. And to be honest, I married somebody that's great at it. My gifts do not fall into that. And I do not really take offense when people say, hey, you're not very organized or you forgot this paperwork. I know I probably did. And it's not because I'm lazy. It's because my brain thinks big concept, not details. It's just how I'm built. I always said head coaches are built for big concepts. Assistants are built for details. And to be honest, I probably was a horrible assistant because my brain thinks like a head coach. And it's okay that that's the reality. And it's okay that when people come and tell me that I, I made a mistake or I did something wrong, that they can correct me because I also want to be the best that I can be, right? It's funny. One of my my favorite concepts is I call it the Nemo concept, the, the Nemo phenomenon, and I love the the movie Finding Nemo. It's probably one of my favorite um, kids movies. And there's a there's a part in the movie when they are the all the different um, kids at the school were talking to Nemo about his little his special fin, right? And they were talking about this weakness that Nemo had. And they had turned it into his lucky fin. And quickly, all of the animals start talking about their weaknesses. Uh, one says, you know, I'm H2O intolerant. Um, the other one says, I'm obnoxious. You know, the famous that lines with the squid about her, uh, her short tentacles. And they just own it. And that doesn't show that they can't be friends. It actually brings them closer together. Because when we hide who we are, that doesn't bring quality in relationship. So we can choose to be a little bit uncomfortable and have better communication, better relationships, better coaching staffs, better child parent relationships, better teammates, or we can be so terrified about being uncomfortable that we avoid conversations altogether. The other thing that I see is people's unwillingness to put in the hard work. Right. And I always think uh, I always think of my early mornings and I dreaded early mornings, um, mostly because I just hated to run. And I'm definitely a night owl. So you put those two together and and it's the, the only thing worse would be that I had to read why I was running in the morning. And I always looked at it as, man, I hate this, but I will do whatever to get to the result that I want. Right. I will take my strength coach yelling at us uh, at 6 a.m. to get on the line. And I would do that and be the utmost of uncomfortable because the outcome was so important to me. And now I see people that hard work is always something that can be, that is avoided. They want things to be handed to them. I see little kids starting new activities, you know, whether it is a sport or, or a musical instrument, 
and they're not great at it right away <clears throat> and they want to give up because it's going to make them uncomfortable to put in the work. <clears throat> I don't know anything that I probably did right away that I was good at. And I know that it takes years and years and years of practice to get great at anything. I know there's some crazy high figure to become a master or an expert. But being able to be uncomfortable and grow through that and take on the hardships that come with it and the successes that come with it, that is really what builds strengths and confidence. You know, so many of the people I work with, um, even at the most elite levels, even in the professional levels, confidence is so, it's almost like smoke. It seems like nobody can catch it. And you would think that at the highest levels between, um, you know, playing the Pac-12 or SEC or or uh, or professional levels, that confidence would just come with the territory. And it really doesn't. It's something that has to be worked on. And the reality is, is this doesn't start when you get to playing college. It starts when you pick up the ball for the first time when you're six years old and you're a T-ball. Right. And you have those instances when. Kids want to give up, and as parents or coaches, we let them, right? But that doesn't show them that they have to persevere. It doesn't show them that they have to push through. It shows them that when life is difficult, walk away, right? I grew up in a very, uh, I don't want to say easy childhood. I'm not saying it was easy. I mean, I went to Catholic school, and there were nuns involved, so it could have never been easy. <clears throat> uh, we worked very hard at, at our house, Um and that was the expectation. And I, I am so appreciative, but overall I had a, a pretty easy childhood and my hardships did not come until I was older. And, um, I've talked about it a little bit in one of my previous, um, podcasts, but I faced serious injury and I had to retire, um, from softball. And I think back to how that would have all played out, how I would have handled it if I wasn't raised in a way that being uncomfortable was part of everyday life and that it was okay to be uncomfortable. You know, my mom asked me sometimes um, how I could get addicted to drugs um, through my recovery. Cause I, man, shoot, I was, I had access to any drug possible um, uh, through, for pain management. And I always said I was really careful. I always said, you know, I, I didn't want to be, you know, that to be my, my path, which is all very true. Um, but I also know that my ability to be uncomfortable kept me from walking down the path of addiction. I was okay with the pain because I didn't want to give my life up to something that would take you down a path that I didn't want to go down. And addiction has become one of the things that covers up being uncomfortable, right? We don't do drugs and become alcoholics because it makes our lives better. We do those things because we cannot face the reality of the discomfort and whatever has, has brought us to that point. And instead of facing it, dealing with it, working through it, we hide from it. We hide through from it with drugs, alcohol, sex, food, all the addictions that we have. I mean, we all have them. I mean, as I say, I'm addicted to Diet Pepsi. I'm addicted to um, videos of golden retrievers. Um, I'm also, you know, I, I'm probably just addicted to my dog in general. I always say that we have an unhealthy codependent relationship. But we can't avoid the struggles that are in our lives through running away, through addiction, through unhealthy behavior that is trying to control all the things that we didn't have control over. 
sometimes we can't control being uncomfortable because what's making us uncomfortable are the people around us and we have no control over that. But we can decide if we're going to work through that uncomfortableness or we're going to avoid it or we're going to cover it up or we're going to run away from the people that make us uncomfortable. Sometimes that's necessary. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes unhealthy people just have, we just have to walk away. But very rarely do we face the obstacle. It's interesting. You would think people that come to counseling um, or, or come uh, and ask for my help, uh, whether it's be to help their team or, or to help themselves or, um, or to help their, uh, their athletes, it is not uh, uncommon that people really don't want to do the work that I'm going to put in front of them. Uh, one of my professors would always say that then we don't have a customer, right? And sometimes I sit across from people that aren't customers for long periods of time. And I always say that I wish I could just bust out a Harry Pond, uh, Harry Potter wand and make things get better. But that's not the reality uh, of healing. That's not the reality of building uh, team dynamics. That's not the reality of going through conflict. We have to be able to face being uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I was I, I was listening to um, <clears throat> uh, some training today and, and it was talking about uh, you know, the concept of forming, uh, forming, storming and norming, which is pretty much every group that ever existed. And the reality is every group goes through that storming period of time. And a lot of it is, is what do we do with it as athletes, as coaches, um, as parents watching our kids go through this or um, assistants watching their head coach go through this? What do we do with it? Do we run away? Do we avoid it? Do we blame? Do we point fingers when an athlete comes to us? Do we say it's not our fault? Do we say it's all about them? Um, what do we do with that? And I think in, in so many times there's meanings that go on through this time and usually everybody is angry. Uh, nobody will take ownership. And usually that storing phase lasts longer than it needs to. Everybody's going to be uncomfortable when coming together to build a program that is going to be different than what they're used to. Everybody's going to be uncomfortable as the freshman going and joining a new program. Every coach, every assistant is going to be uncomfortable when building a new program and creating a new culture. But we also can choose if we are going to sit in the uncomfortableness, have those hard conversations, and be open to what the other people are going to say to us. That's always a choice. And in my experience, that is usually what leads us down the path of better performance, healthier relationships, overall wellness. I know if I, when I look back at my career, I, I, I literally can freeze conversations that I went to um, either my head coach or I went to teammates and I can play them out in my brain. And not all of them do I wish I could redo, but some of them I do. And I think of it through my perspective now compared to my perspective when I was a kid and what I have done differently. I think of one instance that I really wish my head coach would have just listened in to where I was coming from. She said that there was an open door policy. I was her assistant and she was quick to jump down my throat when I brought something forward that I was struggling with. I think that was the, one of the first things that led to a great divide in our relationship. And I later left that program, a program I never thought I was going to leave. 
but I wish that we could have had a conversation that was not pointing fingers, a conversation that it was okay to be uncomfortable and figure something out. I think it would have been better for our relationship. It would have been better for our team. Um, and it would have definitely changed my perspective um, on the program I was in and, and if I wanted to stay or not. Other things that bring us these levels of discomfort that we seem to just really struggle with. So much of it is the expectations that are out in the world. You know, when we have little kids coming to uh, start T-ball, our expectations are pretty low. You know, I always think, hey, can we focus for, oh, I don't know, <laughs> five minutes? That would be great. Uh, I always laugh now that I, I spend a lot of my time uh, working with younger kids that sometimes my expectations are ridiculous. But my expectation may be I just need to, to get them in a, in a line, right? I just want you to line up. But we also put expectations on ourselves for things that are just not really realistic or possible, right? Or we put expectations on other people that are just not realistic. And I see that in every component. You know, I see parents expecting their little kid to be the next, oh, I don't know, Usain Bolt or the next, um, uh, let's pick a favorite baseball player. Um I would always say Ken Griffey Jr., you know, the next uh, Michael Jordan and the expectations are just not realistic. You know, thank heavens my parents never expected me to be great at basketball. I, you know, I just did basketball the field time and I'm 5'3 for Pete's sake. And my parents never had expectations of me for performance. So I never had that sense of being uncomfortable because I couldn't meet their expectations. To be honest, my expectations for my, myself is what made me uncomfortable. We also put others, people in places of expectations that are just not realistic. You know, I, I it's interesting when I talk to kids that are going to individual in schools and they think that their coach is going to be um, like their best friend um, or this mentor that's going to absolutely change their lives. And I hope that they get a mentor that changed their lives. I really do not hope that they get a best friend. That is not the role that a head coach plays. But let's be honest, the head coach is pretty much a CEO of a major company and their job is to win. Their job is to perform. And often that, re that struggle pushes athletes to a level of discomfort that they walk away from the game. They're so uncomfortable with the expectation of their coaches or the expectation of the level of competition that the at discomfort pushes them to walk away from the game. So how do we deal with that piece? And I think that's becoming a bigger piece of sports than it ever has been in the past. We can't meet expectations or we put expectations on people that are impossible. One of the things that I've seen in sports is the transfer portal. And uh, I'll just be super honest. I think that a transfer portal is a very bad thing for sports. And the reason I say that is, well, there's a, a million reasons, but um, the main one is, is it allows kids to run from discomfort. It allows kids to run for commit, from commitments. And our kids need to know that when things are difficult, you have to push through, you made a commitment, and that needs to be honored. 
now if things aren't going their way as far as playing time or scholarship or how their coach looked at them or a million different things that make them unhappy for even a couple of days, they jump into the transfer portal. I was sitting having coffee with one of my, the people I totally uh, adore the most, uh, respect the most. And it's one of my former head coaches and um, or my former assistant coaches in summer ball. And she, uh, she was a, an all American at a PAC 12 school. And we were joking about how all of us wanted to turn our uniform in at, at one point in time. Uh, even though I love where I played college and uh, I love softball so much, I can distinctly remember where I was when I told my mom I'm turning in my uniform. <laughs> and I never did. I, I didn't. But we have those moments that we're so uncomfortable in our sport that we want to walk away. But the biggest difference is do we push through that struggle and that uncomfortableness and stay committed to something or do we run away? If we can't handle being uncomfortable, adulthood is going to be impossible. And I hate the word adulting. It drives me absolutely crazy because adulting is being uncomfortable. And people always say, well, I don't like adulting. Well, you know what? That really just says you don't like being uncomfortable. Or that means that you don't have the strength or you didn't develop the confidence along the way to handle being an adult. You know, when my mom, my mom and dad have been married for 52 years, actually, this week. And they, my mom would say, man, marriage is hard work. And I thought that makes no sense, you know, because as kids, we watch the movies and marriage is just supposed to be super easy. Relationships are supposed to be easy. Friendships are supposed to be easy. And now I've been married for 19 years and I realized she was right. It's hard work. Being in a relationship, raising children with somebody is definitely hard work. And do we run away from that being uncomfortable? Or do we work through it? Now, there's always limits. I mean, I'm not going to say that you push through every level of uncomfortableness. There are always exceptions to the rule. But we need to look at the, the, that reality and think, is this me being uncomfortable or is this me in a situation that is really bad for me? They're very different things. And I wish I could say that most people are running from things that are really bad for them. But in reality, we're running from things that just make us uncomfortable. You know, I chose a, uh, two professions that I'm that I was uncomfortable pretty much every day. Um, well, to be honest, I'm uncomfortable every day because I suffer from chronic pain. I sit across from uh, clients that tell me stories that break my heart sometimes. Um, I I am one of those uh, counselors that definitely gets super. Uh, invested, connected to my clients. And I, it's hard to watch them struggle, right? Just like it was hard to watch my athletes. But I know it's part of the process. I know that if I choose to always rescue, I'm doing people a disservice. And I love to serve people, but I have actually had to step, take a step back. And one of the main things I teach people now is sometimes we choose to rescue people because we see that they're uncomfortable and we're doing them a great disservice. We're taking away the opportunity for them to grow, for them to build strength, for them to build genuine confidence that makes their adult years easier. And usually when I explain it to people like that, they'll take a step back and realize, oh, maybe I shouldn't help that person. They need to grow. I shouldn't help that person because I am allowing them to always use other people for help instead of relying on themselves. And that is hard sometimes to just watch people struggle. But I also know we have to let people struggle 
and be uncomfortable for them to become the person that they need to be. So my son, um, who is uh, about to turn 11, and he is adorable and he is very good at, at athletics. He's a very sweet boy. And I know every kid, a person says this, but he, he tr truly is. I remember um, when he was littler, though, you know, four or five years old, he uh, he didn't handle <laughs> things that were difficult. He he was very shy. He didn't he always thought people were going to laugh at him when he went, went and played baseball. Um, and I remember looking at him and I said, you know what, bud, you don't suffer enough. And I remember that the five year old face looking at me going, are you seriously for real, mom? You just told me I don't suffer enough. <laughs> but then, you know, as he got older and I explained to it, I meant you need to go through some hardships so you can grow in strength. And as he's gotten older, he definitely has had to face things that were more difficult. And he is a confident, um, he's, he's a very confident kid that follows the rules. He's always okay when um, difficult situations arise. He usually is the one to step up and take it on head on. And that's why I'm glad that he felt discomfort growing up because otherwise he would crumble and would probably struggle with some mental health issue, probably anxiety or depression if he wasn't able to step up when things are difficult. So why this topic is so important to me is because as human beings, it's time to step back and realize that it's okay to be uncomfortable. You know, we talk about this great divide in our country right now, and that is very, very true. But it all comes down to people not wanting to be uncomfortable. People don't want other people to say things that they don't agree with. It makes them uncomfortable. So we fight back. Right. It's interesting. Even the politicians in power, power puts this great chemical in our brains and keeps us from feeling uncomfortable. It gives us value. Even though what they do with it could be a great disservice to the people that they're representing. So when we decide to lash out or back away or isolate or do all the things that we know are not healthy for us as individuals, as athletes, as people that want to be in a relationship, we have to sit and really focus on, is it because I'm uncomfortable? And if that is the situation, how am I going to push through the discomfort? I will say to my clients, and this is an image I use all the time, that they have two choices. They can run through the fire and it's going to hurt really, really bad for a short period of time, but then they're going to heal and they're going to move forward and the pain is going to be over. Or they can avoid the fire and they can just run around the fire and they're going to get scalded forever. So there's going to be that level of pain that never heals. And usually when I draw that out, my clients are quick to say, it's time to run through the fire. And that is true with all of us. We can't keep avoiding the fire and expect us to be as healthy as we can be. To expect us to be in great relationships. To expect ourselves to be performing at our utmost. So my challenge to you is to really take a look about what your behavior does when you are uncomfortable. If you argued with somebody today because they were brave enough to come forward and, and, and give some constructive criticism, think about why. And maybe it was because you were uncomfortable and maybe you need to reevaluate that and do something that is even more uncomfortable and go and say to your assistant coach or your player or your teammate or your roommate or your best friend and say, Hey, I reacted because what you said really hit a nerve and 
I, we need to talk about that. And I appreciate that you were willing to be honest, right? If you did something today to avoid putting in the extra work or doing your homework or reaching out to a friend because they're struggling or you needed to go do your workouts and you just didn't want to, you did, you did those things because you were avoiding being uncomfortable. Think about that. Think about how that changed your, you know, your long-term performance, whether it be athletically or academically, or even just as a person. If you did not reach out to somebody or have a conversation with somebody because you were so worried about what they thought about you and that made you so uncomfortable, think about how it could change your life if you found the strength to just go and talk to those people. So much of the world is avoiding others because we're worried that others are going to judge us or say things that are going to hurt us and we will be uncomfortable. We are not built to be on our own. And I hope COVID really reminds us every day that we are not built to be on our own, even if it's uncomfortable to reach out and become a member of a group. If it's difficult to step up and be the captain because you're worried what your teammates are going to think if you do fill that role and that is uncomfortable. If you're the head coach and you really are struggling to put things together, think about what is making you so uncomfortable that you can't reach out to your assistants or you can't even reach out to the to people around you to help. Help is not a, a sign of weakness. It shows that you can handle your discomfort and that you're going to do whatever it takes to work through that to get to the utmost performance. So I challenge you all to really look at this. As I say, this is probably the biggest concept that is impacting our, our, our world today. And it impacts us in the world of sports every single second. Because as athletes, it's very uncomfortable. Like I said, I love playing Division One sports. I love coaching. I love being around little kids and teaching my kids now. But it all was very uncomfortable. There are very few moments that I thought, man, this is so easy. But I still chose to do it. And all of us as athletes do the same. So take on the fire. The quicker we run through, the quicker we heal. And sometimes it just takes a little extra courage to run. 